Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Why leadership conversations matter. It's such a simple concept. When you think about just sitting down and chatting with someone, it's really not a big deal. Now, let me also share this. Leadership is tough. The past 10 to 12 months have proven that. One of our clients even had a 40% dropout in their emerging leadership program because they're watching what their leaders go through and said, you know what, that's not for me. So the funny thing is, leadership has so many different faces. And one of the toughest things we go through in our business is we get it from every single type of industry. Geez, Tim, you know what? If we had more time, we'd love to coach like it's this additional thing that they would like to add to their list of things to do. And I always go back to one premise. We coach every day. We coach people to leave through silence or we coach people to stay through good conversations. So think about it. The number one reason, every year it's been proven, number one reason someone quits an organization has nothing to do with the organization. It's the relationship with their direct boss. So it begs the question, why are we not having conversations? There are two things that come into play in my estimation. One, it's the work. I've got a lot of work to do. The work sometimes replaces the people. Now, the second thing is we will have events. We will have situations that will prompt a change in that. And dare I say, The pandemic crisis has woke up some organizations and their leaders to say, you know what? We need to sit down and talk to our people to make sure they're okay. We need to show that we care. We need to show that we're empathetic. And that makes me cringe a little bit. Here's why. We should be doing that without a pandemic crisis. And what happens when the pandemic crisis is over? So this is not a gross generalization of every leadership person in every organization. We all know that. Yet, leadership conversations matter. Because now as we enter 2021, guess what's going to happen? We get back to quote-unquote normal. Hopefully the vaccine does its work. And now we're going to need people to do what? Produce, perform, behave, act like a great teammate, accept all these new changes. And by the way, some of our people are fatigued, exhausted, It was a mentally grueling year for many people who had to put their kids on the bus and then homeschool them. There's a lot of stuff going on. In every single one of those situations requires a conversation. So let me bring it close to home. My daughter goes to Ithaca College in New York, loves it, loves it. My wife and I have talked about it repeatedly. If a kid ever found a school that matched her, it was Ithaca College. Now, ironically, I have a client who went to Ithaca 
speaks as highly of that college as my daughter does. So when my daughter got the news last fall that she would not be allowed on campus, obviously it was tough on her and it required some conversation. It required some patience. And just recently she said, that was the toughest thing I've ever gone through. And I said, why? She said, I just miss my friends. I miss being on that campus. I miss working at the newspaper. And I didn't offer anything else. And I remember later she came and she said, why did you ask me those questions? I said, I just wanted to know. I was just wondering how you're feeling. She said, well, thanks for asking. Now that seems dumb, right? Father-daughter conversation. Yet a lot of time as leaders, what do we want to do? Well, you should do this and don't let it bother you. And you need to overcome that. And uh, don't let that conflict uh, get under your skin. And when you're doing this, be confident. We want to mandate as leaders what people need to change and feel and behave. Sometimes people just want to be listened to. So a second example close to home is an employee we have that absolutely flourished, flourished during the COVID crisis. She called me in February or March and she said, are we okay as a company? And I said, yes, we are right now. We don't have any debt. I'm very happy that I can say that. Um, I'm not concerned financially right now. I don't know how this is going to hit us. And ironically, we had a really good year. And she became so relentless in her pursuit of being helpful. And at first I was sitting there thinking, wow, you know, where has this been? This is awesome. And sometimes events cause people to do things. She went from, let's say, a B player to about an A++++ player. And I mean, her work is fantastic. My business partner looked at one of her pieces of work and said, this is what Fortune 500 companies do. And she got rad. She got embarrassed. And she rose to the top. And I asked her a question. I said, so what have you really learned about yourself these last nine, 10 months? What have you really learned about yourself? Not only that you're really proud of, but that you're committed to improving. It's one of my favorite questions. What have you learned about yourself that you're committed to improving? And she answered the question. And she's excited. And so these conversations have tremendous value. Now, let's say we've navigated the conversations with our people nine to 10 months virtually and slowly people start to enter the office. Relationships have changed. Perspectives have changed. Observations have changed. The way we interact has changed. One of my clients who had never, ever, ever done anything virtually has now agreed to go to more of a hybrid model, some days at home, some days in the office, and some of their employees are loving it. And they're staggering the floors and the departments. It's really kind of cool what they're doing. And I was talking to someone there and I said, so do you feel like relationships have changed? And this leader said, oh my gosh, it completely has changed. And he's a head of sales. And I said, well, how has it changed? And he said, I can't just look at a report. I'm not just on the phone or a Zoom call talking. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I said, you know, what do you mean by that? He said, quite frankly, I would just stare at the numbers and talk about the numbers. And I remember saying to him, I said, do you mind if I give you some feedback on that? And I'd love to get your permission to be candid. He said, sure. I said, 
That's the number one mistake we make is we have a crutch. Especially in sales, we want to talk about the numbers. You don't coach to numbers. You coach people who produce numbers. And sometimes always having numbers in front of you feels like this huge light that's glaring on you. And you feel like you're put in this defensive position. And he interrupts me and he goes, who feels that way? I go, the person you're talking to. I remember when I was 100% in sales and I'd have a boss, albeit many years ago, I hated it. I said, I'm not saying your employees feel that way. I'm just saying that's how I felt. And I always felt like the numbers were the point of the conversation. The numbers were the focus. And I never felt comfortable saying, here's where I'm struggling. (laughs) Here's where I need your help. Because the numbers needed to go up. And he said, I have to tell you, I've never thought of it that way. And I said, well, what are you experiencing? He said, I'm actually learning so much about my people right now. Because I'm just talking to them. I don't have the ability to pull out a forecast or pull out a spreadsheet and say, here, look, yes, I can do it on Zoom. It's a little clunky. We're getting used to technology. So the conversation continued and and I said, how's the year been? He said, it's interesting. We're actually having a good year. I would not have thought that to be the case come, you know, March or April or May because we were gravitating to this new virtual world. And I said, what do you think conversations has done for you in terms of playing a role to engage with your team? He said, you know, I've learned more about my people in the last nine to 10 months because I had to have these conversations virtually. I had to do check-ins. I said, what do you mean by check-ins? Well, upper level management wanted us to check in and make sure that people knew we cared and that people are doing okay. And if they were struggling with stuff at home, a great organization, by the way, very caring about their people. I said, would you have done that before the crisis? He said, no, because they were within 10, 20 feet of me. I said, so uh, Jim, do you mind if I ask you a really blunt question that'll get you upset? And he started laughing. He goes, what's that? I go, so you don't care if they're within 20 feet of your desk? And he started laughing. He goes, no, I get what you're saying. He said, but yeah, I, I wasn't having these conversations. That's why leadership conversations matter. Now, what's a good leadership conversation? I'm going to break it down into some fundamentals that you will laugh at. One, ask questions. Two, listen, take notes, paraphrase, demonstrate active listening, such as, Jim, here's what I've heard you say. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? When we show people we're listening, trust accelerates. When we show people we're listening, we're in the conversation. We are there as a trusted partner, advisor, boss, leader, whatever you want to call it. And then when you ask permission, Jim, would you mind if I shared with you some ideas of where um, I could potentially assist you or where we could expand our work together? When you ask for permission, it's the ultimate sign of respect. That's it. Ask questions demonstrate listening, ask permission to offer some help. That's it. Now there's a lot more. You know, how do you have conversations of feedback? How do you have conversations of uh, a negative attitude? How do you have conversations with someone who's lacking motivation? All of these things have different nuances. Those conversations are valuable. Last, 
one of our clients was really struggling. They had never, ever been virtual. And I'll never, ever forget it. Ever forget this. They didn't know how to even talk to each other because everything was so tactical and transactional. Salespeople sold, customer service people executed orders, shipping and receiving shipped. I mean, there wasn't a lot there. So the person I reported to, I said, create some rotating coffee breaks. Give people 20 minutes every single week to connect with one employee, but you have to find out two things about the other person you have in common with. Now, that seems dumb. It seems trite. It seems kind of gushy and corny and soft and cuddly. Yet, in order to do that, you have to do what? You have to ask questions and listen. Now, why is that such a big deal? Let's be blunt with each other. How often when we're talking to someone, are we thinking about what we want to say while they're speaking? Yet knowing there's an accountability assignment such as, I've got to share two new things I learned about Tom, I better listen. Now, currently I'm going through a course online and they don't let you progress unless you pass a test. So I have to really listen. And I find it really interesting for me because I build courses. And listening to someone for a lengthy period of time is tough. So part of when we're listening to people, that that element of listening to other people, we sometimes wander. So one of the greatest skills I think we need to practice in 2021 and beyond is attentiveness. Turn off your cell phone. Show somebody you're turning your cell phone off. Turn your monitor away. Don't have paper within ruffling distance. What do I mean by that? If you're listening to me right now and let's pretend we're on a phone call together and all of a sudden you hear this and I say to you, I'm sorry, could you say that again? Do you know what someone manically does? See, people listen manically. They don't listen objectively, especially when you're the leader. They immediately go to, oh, he wasn't listening. He never listens to me. I'm not saying that's your intent. I'm not saying that's even what happens. Yet you do run that risk of perception. So conversation, leadership, really go hand in hand. The way we converse with our people is so important because we're gravitating out of a very stressful year. And oh, by the way, We need more from you. We need you to produce. We need you to perform. We need you to be a great teammate. We need a positive attitude. We need you to find your mojo. We need you to find your motivation. That's going to require conversation, not an email. So this is exactly why leadership conversations matter. Now, if you notice, I've said leadership conversations. I haven't said coaching. I haven't said mentoring. Those are the tactical output of conversations. Sometimes we need to just sit down and talk. Find some things that we have in common. Find out where our people have inhibitions. Find out where our people are struggling. Find out where people are having success. And not always feel the need to do something with it. So last, we had a client who was really struggling with communication, relationships, the transition to the new uh, virtual world. And it was really interesting. We had upper level management 
and below have what we call listening chats where they just sat down and asked people, what are you seeing that I need to see? Give me some perspective where you think I need to be further educated. And they would get feedback from their people. They would invite, to a certain extent, constructive as well as strength-based feedback. And the rule was you could not offer a solution. You could not differ. You could not argue. You could not use the words, yeah, but. Their engagement scores went up by over 10 points in 90 days. Just by sitting down and showing people you're listening. And they're called listening chats. So again, conversation and leadership go hand in hand. It's why leadership conversations matter. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.